Hi, thanks for joining us for Sunday School Bonanza, brought to you by This Week in Mormons. We are thankful to be here with you uh, for the chance to go over some Gospel Doctrine review, get you better prepared for Gospel Doctrine, and uh, let you be a better saint overall. I am joined by one of my personal favorite co-hosts, who's been away for a while. He's been a busy boy, but he's back with us now. The prodigal son, Bill Doolittle, is in the house. I have come to myself, and here I am. Good boy. Thanks for having me back, man. <laughs> it's good to have you back. Uh, lesson we're hitting this week is lesson 35, as you might imagine. It's entitled, A Mission of Saving. So uh, I wonder what we'll be discussing here. Now, you remember the lesson last week was faith in every footstep. Uh, so, of course, we talked generally about the pioneers crossing the plains, all that stuff. How wonderful is it? And it's no different this week. And, and there's a fair question to be had. We talk a lot about pioneers in the church, don't we? We do. Yeah. I mean, a lot. More, more than perhaps some would say is merited. Yeah, but. more than you would think given how many people in the church are first generation, right? Yeah, exactly. Or, so. or not pioneer generation people. Or because pioneer, I think, is a broad term. and Anyone can be a pioneer. Right. But, but to answer that, though, President Hinckley had some, uh, some good quotes, and I like this. He said, uh, stories of beleaguered saints and of their suffering and death will be repeated again and again. Stories of the rescue need to be repeated again and again. They speak of the very essence of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Also referring to pioneers, President Hinckley said, I will never get over being thankful to them. I hope you never get over being thankful to them. I hope that we will always remember them. Let us read again and again and read to our children and our children's children the accounts of those who suffered so much. So there's counsel from uh, who was the standing prophet at the time and a beloved fallen fallen prophet, but past prophet yeah. of the church. So it's good to talk about pioneer stuff. And specifically today, we talk about being, like it said, uh, a mission of saving, of being rescued. And of course, that involves the fabled Martin and Willie handcart companies. Now, something we should specify, let's do a little background. Is that cool, Bill? Yeah, I love it. I think we I should do some background. It's my favorite part. Uh, now, to my knowledge, Martin and Willie handcarts weren't like a little duo going. This was not Lewis and Clark handcart companies. That's it was just correct. the fact that we had two handcart companies that got into trouble. But for a little background that we don't talk about much, and you can take this to your lesson and be that person who gets all apocryphal and is a pain in the butt, right? <laughs> but... Uh, because we always talk about them getting stranded, and we'll talk about that. But what happened was uh, most of these people in these handcart companies were British immigrants. Uh, they were late leaving Britain because of a bunch of uh, unforeseen circumstances. So they were late arriving in, t in the Midwest. Uh, and there were not many provisions for them. The saints who were there as sort of the ones to get people packed up and, and shipped off to Salt Lake struggled to get things together for all of them. And many of them suggested, maybe you should wait it out. It's already almost winter time. Spend winter out here. They said Nebraska. I'm assuming this might have been winter quarters would right. be my guess. Wait it out and then uh, go in the spring. It'll be fine. Uh, the interesting thing, though, is there was actually local church leadership that said, look, you're on the Lord's errand. Go. Go, go, go. This is a divine errand. You're going to be fine. And it's funny that that's not something we talk about. And that doesn't mean that they were wrong necessarily because this whole experience of Martin and Willie obviously has had huge reverberations for our faith. And perhaps it needed to happen like many yeah. other things that happened. So, um, so that was a little bit of background. Then as they traveled, of course, bad things happened eventually. But Winter Bill's, happened. Bill's going to take us there. Winter happened uh, right there in the plains where the, uh, the wind is so strong and it is not like uh, urban England, even at that time, uh, no, this is so these are new conditions for these people. They continue to struggle not only to get issue, yeah. not only to get the provisions that they needed to go, but then to use them to make good time across the plains, and they didn't. And so they ended up uh, getting stranded. We know that they got stranded up in Wyoming, 
and needed to be rescued. Didn't many, uh, and I believe also m- many of their cattle ran away. This was very much a, yeah. aside from being told to go in the winter, they were novices, like you yeah. said. They were not prepared for any of this. I mean, there's nothing in Great Britain that looks like central Wyoming. It doesn't That's exist. Right. That's right. Unless unless you're you know walking across the highlands of Scotland all the time. Yeah. And even there, it's just even it's not the same. They're, they're, the pretty, same. they're prettier. I mean, Wyoming. Yeah. Well, that's true. I don't know. I mean, I'm from Oklahoma. I'm biased towards the plains. But um, <laughs> anyway, these people were not biased towards the plains. The plains were biased towards them. And so they're stranded now. And word gets back to Salt Lake. And we have heard the story so many times of uh, President Young, Brigham Young, hearing about this and then getting up and giving a, a great sermon. And he says... Uh, Among other things, I'll just read a little part of it. He says, I will now give this people the subject and text for the elders who may speak. And he's talking about during this conference. And when he says the text for those who may speak, we don't really do this a whole lot in church anymore, but it used to be the case that for every meeting there would be a text or a set of scriptures that you would that the meeting was sort of based around. And old-time ministers, and they still do this today, will have a text for a given meeting. So President Young is saying, we're not going to have a theological text. We're not going to have a scriptural text today. Here's the text, and I'll continue the quote. Many of our brethren and sisters are on the plane with handcarts, and probably many are now 700 miles from this place, and they must be brought here. We must send assistance to them. The text will be to get them here. That is my religion. That is the dictation of the Holy Ghost that I possess. It is to save the people. And then he proceeds to give a lot of logistical instructions, which was Brigham's forte. Um, you know what I love about this? This makes me think of uh, the aftermath of Hurricane Sandy. This is a little mm-hmm. bit different, but when a lot of people went up to the Rockaways and up there to help out in the New York, New Jersey area uh, with cleanup, they had church services, but what did they do? Did they actually do all three hours and sit there and, and do theological study? Their text was very much like, yeah. we're going to have the sacrament because that's important, but then your text for this Sunday is to go and help people and sort stuff out. And of course, this was different than Martin and Willie, but I like but, seeing how in but, our modern yeah. day... The exact same thing can happen, and so easily we get hung up on uh, on the scripture study, on those great things, and we we forget that sometimes helping our fellow man is a huge part of the of really taking action with uh, with the gospel. Yeah, and I think it's you know it's one of Brigham. I, I feel like Brigham Young's one of his greatest contributions to the faith was to you know he, he was a hard headed pragmatist, but he you know he was so focused on taking care of people and getting everything settled, and asked so much of the saints, but that type of sacrifice, that culture of sacrifice. I mean, that's the point of this lesson, right? Is to take an event like that and inspire all of us to look after each other in, in new ways. Yeah. And so he does it successfully, and they, they go out and, um, and get these folks and bring them in. I'm amazed they were able to do it, too. I mean, yeah. you, you want to see divine providence. You ha- if you had people, and this, of course, is back in the day. This isn't just, hey, jump in the truck and hop on I-80 and drive over out to right. Laramie, Wyoming, out to Fort Laramie. I mean, this took them days to get out there, I'm sure, and in these kind of conditions, I'm amazed it was not worse. And yeah. you can definitely see the Lord's hand in supporting people uh, in those circumstances. I mean, it's, it's incredible to see. Uh, one thing the lesson might, your teacher might ask you, and I think this is a good thing to think about, and I've been thinking about it, and I, can, I don't know if I can come up with an answer for myself, but just to think of a time when you have been rescued, when someone has come to your aid in, in, a, in a dire circumstance, however, what, whatever that relatively may be to you, right? Um, I, mean, I honestly can't think of any particular one. I know people have helped me immensely in my life, but I can't think of any one incident when I desperately needed a hero or somebody to show up, and they did, and I, I received deliverance in that sense. I don't know if you have anything, Bill, but... Uh. Yeah, um, I'm kind of in the same boat where I, I think about 
um, when I think about this experience and I try to relate it to my life, you know, I think of people who've really been helpful to me. Um, but I don't know that I can't really say that I've been in the extremity that these people were in. You know, no. it wasn't if, uh, if someone hadn't intervened, then I would have died. I mean, I had a roommate get a carbon monoxide monitor once that probably did save our lives because eventually we found that we had our, our uh, furnace started spewing out CO, CO and we never would have known but for him having purchased this monitor and we probably would have all died in our sleep. But, uh, but that's sort of different, right? Like even that was not this kind of sacrifice yeah, that was more on of a, my behalf. Of a prompting to, yeah. to make things better, yeah. Um, so I, I just it's a spe- it's a special story. I mean, it's why we still talk about it now. Yeah. So I hope all of you will think about that. The one thing I think about: my grandmother was raised in the Mormon colonies in Mexico. And, That's pretty uh, cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, and they were out there with like Pancho Villa causing problems and and all that kind of stuff. And she has many many stories. And any of you who are from polygamist colonial stock, such as myself, yeah, might have heard these stories of when they used to of when these these militants in the north used to raid the camps and. Uh, and there was a lot of, of trouble, and you see many times when the Lord helped deliver them. But that's just one thing. Um, now, of course, the main analog here is that the Savior rescues us through his atoning sacrifice. It's funny in the lesson that it is a comparatively short blurb compared to all of the other content. Right. Because there's really nothing greater to remember. I mean, that, that uh, because of Jesus Christ, we are all able to be saved and rescued. And that is the message of the atonement. And that's what I love, that the atonement is all-encompassing. The atonement is for our weaknesses, our sins, our pains, our sorrows, whatever it may be, that is why it's there. Mm-hmm. Um, it is not strictly for repentance. It is for comfort. It is for anything that we need. And it is through that sacrificial redemption uh, of the Savior uh, that we are able to actually be rescued from our own selves even half of the time. I mean, I don't know anyone, uh, save my wife perhaps, who can rescue me so well from myself. Right. Because I am a fallible man riddled with faults, and I'm so grateful that I have a Savior who knows me better than anyone and who could be the one to step in and, and make up that difference and, and fix me and have that same chance. Yeah, and, and similarly, you know, with the, uh, with the hand card companies, as, as we're asked to consider that as our example for the week, you know, this, this, was, this was in part uh, due to problems that they caused themselves with their own inexperience, their own novice, right? That's what happens to me often, right? We come to this earth life. We don't really know a lot. We're trying to learn how to use our agency. And because we're not familiar with the plane, so to speak, we get ourselves in trouble. Yeah. And to think that, you know, there's the Savior who knows our lives and knows mortality better than Brigham and the Saints knew the planes out there to rescue us. I mean, that's, that's, a, big, that's a big comfort. Yeah, I mean, because did Brigham leave them high and dry and say, well, you made your bed? And that's just how right. it is. No. I mean, the whole message of the gospel is that we have an infinite, eternal number of chances yeah. to be rescued and, and be taken care of. Uh, and the last thing, I think Bill's going to talk about this a bit more, but uh, we need to rescue others, of course. Yeah. So. I mean, that's, that is the, uh, when you have been saved, right? Uh, save your brethren. Go after, go after those who are in need. So we can identify in this story both with the, the handcart uh, company themselves, and we can identify with the saints that Brigham asked to go after them. And we're still, you know, people are, um, people are trapped in all sorts of things. And in the lesson, uh, you'll hear maybe a quote from, uh, from President Hinckley about all the different things that people are stuck in, you know, uh, drugs and gangs and morality. Um, you know, not all of these affect all of us in the church, but all of them affect someone in the church. And so Absolutely. we need to be on the lookout for those things and try and reach out to these people. So, um, he shares the other famous story from this uh, from this episode, which is 
the Martin Company when they were stranded up in Wyoming and were trying to cross the Sweetwater River, which we looked up, and it is a tributary of the Platte, which is the river that, for the most part, these companies were following as they came west. Yeah, we still don't know how they got where they were, because the Sweetwater is decidedly farther north than the typical Mormon Trail, so... I mean that you know, too. Who knows? Maybe yeah, they, maybe but, they followed the wrong tributary and wound up up there. You know, yeah, could have gotten could have gotten stuck. In any event, it was shallow enough to cross, but it was frozen. And we know the story about these three young men: uh, C. Allen Huntington, George W. Grant, and David P. Kimball. Um, and I've actually heard evidence that there may have been a fourth young man that helped who actually survived. Uh, but they carried everyone across the river and eventually succumbed to the effects of of the exposure that they experienced there. And and um, we know that great, uh, great quote that says that that act alone will secure them everlasting salvation in the celestial kingdom of God. So um, that was from Brigham. So we can similarly hope for opportunities and find opportunities to help people um, who are struggling. And we should have the same kind of faith and be willing to show the same kind of dedication in reaching out to them. Um, because ultimately, you know, the things that we do for other people are really the only things that we leave behind in in this world. And so they were willing to make that sacrifice with that kind of faith. And, you know, we can be too, even though we're often, we're we're so rarely called upon to do anything close to this. Right. Well, that's going to do it for this lesson. I like it. So think about the pioneers. Think about the ways in which we have been blessed, that we have been rescued, and uh, how we can rescue other people. That's the biggest thing. Don't just be the person who receives something. Give something. That is the real essence of the gospel. At its, at its greatest, I think. Um, so, of course, thanks, folks. Find us at thisweekinmormons.com. Shoot us an email and let us know how we're doing. Contact at thisweekinmormons.com. Bill, do you know where you can find us on Facebook? I like, I'm like. going to put him on the spot. Uh, Twim. Oh, I don't remember. You are incorrect, it. sir. It is facebook.com slash thisweekinmormons. Okay. Is but Twim the Twitter one? Twitter is, is the real Twim. The real Twim. Not the fake one. Yeah. Or the real Twim. We're royal. That's you know. cool. Yeah, sure. Or you're so. a soccer club. Yeah, yeah. Rayel Twimp, something like that. Uh, of course, look out for our regular podcast, which is This Week in Mormons. We also hope you'll join us for the gospel study sesh that we've been uh, putting on uh, in order to more effectively study gospel things. Uh, other than that, thanks for joining us. Bill, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Nice to have you. This is Lesson 35, A Mission of Saving. This is Sunday School Bonanza, brought to you by those of us at This Week in Mormons, wishing you a terrific Sabbath. Bye-bye.